Introduction to the Kidneys and the Urinary Tract Structure and Function As you may have already realized, the kidneys play an extremely important role in the functioning of the human body, including the elimination of drugs from the system, regulating blood pressure, and absorption of nutrients, to name a few. So let's take a look at the system and what it does. The renal system is composed of the kidneys, ureters, urinary bladder, and the urethra. The function of the renal system includes maintaining the volume and composition of the bodily fluids, such as clearing waste from metabolism, maintaining acid balance, and electrolyte balance and excretion. It also includes regulating vitamin D activation, which is used to control calcium levels, regulating blood pressure with the renin-angiotensin system, and regulating red cell production by the means of erythropoietin. Kidneys are two small organs that receive about 25% of the cardiac output. About 1,600 liters of blood flows through the kidneys daily. The purpose of this is cleansing. Most of the fluid that is filtered in the kidneys is returned to the body and the rest is excreted in a small amount of water as urine. The kidneys are located under the ribs, which provides protection. The renal capsule contains pear fibers, which are stimulated when the capsule is stressed secondary to inflammation. It is made up of three layers, the fiber layer, the perirenal area, or the brown fat layer, and the renal parietal area. There are three distinct regions of the kidneys, the outer cortex, the inner medulla, and the renal pelvises. The renal pelvises drain the urine into the ureters. The ureters are muscular tubes that lead into the urinary bladder for storage until excretion occurs. The nephron is the functional unit of the kidneys. The nephrons filter fluids to make urine, but only the medullary nephrons concentrate or dilute urine. It is estimated that only 25% of the nephrons are needed to maintain healthy function. This provides very effective protection from failure as there is a large backup system of nephrons. The downside of this is that by the time symptoms of renal failure appear, the kidneys have already experienced extensive damage. The nephron is a tube that begins with the Bowman's capsule, which has a windowed epithelial construction that strains the large components, such as protein, from the fluids. The proximal convoluted tubule, the descending and ascending loop of Henle, which is a narrowed portion of the tube, the distal convoluted tubule, which widens from the loop of Henle, collecting ducts, and renal pelvis. The blood flow comes directly from the aorta by means of the renal artery. As this artery enters each of the kidneys, it divides to become interlobular arteries, which then become smaller and are afferent arterioles. The afferent arteries branch to form the glomerulus inside the Bowman's capsule. The glomerulus resembles a tuft of blood vessels with capillary-like endothelium that allow for easy passage of the fluid and waste products. The efferent arteriole exits from the glomerulus and branches into the peritubular 
capillary system, which returns the reabsorbed fluid and electrolytes into the bloodstream. These capillaries then flow into the vasorecta, which then flows into the intralobular veins and then to the inferior vena cava. These two arterioles surrounding the glomerulus closely regulate the flow of fluid into the glomerulus by increasing or decreasing the pressure on the glomerulus as needed. The juxtaglomerular apparatus is a small group of cells that connect the afferent arteriole to the distal convoluted tubule. This is the location of erythropoietin and renin production. Because of their close location to the afferent arteriole, these cells are very sensitive to the volume and the quality of the blood flow into the glomerulus. The nephrons are surrounded by an area named the macula densa, which is full of immune system cells and chemicals that can respond rapidly to any cellular damage or injury. So now let's look at the renal processes. The nephrons function using three different processes. First is glomerulus filtration, which filters blood cells, proteins, and lipids, keeping them inside the tubule, and water and smaller plasma components are forced outside of the tubule by the hydrostatic pressure of the blood. A clinical sign of renal damage is blood or protein in the urine. The second process is tubular secretion. Epithelial lining cells secrete substances from the blood into the tubular fluid using active transport to remove electrolytes, some drugs, drug metabolites, and uric acid from the surrounding capillaries and secrete them into the filtrate. In other words, it takes the waste out of the blood and brings it into the filtrate, which will later become the urine. Reabsorption. Cells lining the tubule absorb water and essential substances such as vitamins, glucose, electrolytes, sodium bicarbonate, and sodium carbonate from the filtrate back into the vascular system. Maintenance of volume and composition of the body fluids. The kidneys regulate the composition of body fluids by a number of different mechanisms. The first is sodium regulation. Sodium is one of the body's major cations. You remember that from local anesthesia. It is actively reabsorbed in the proximal convoluted tubule to the paratubular capillaries. As the sodium is actively moved out of the filtrate, it takes chloride ions and water with it. Sodium is also actively transported by the influence of carbonic anhydrase, which allows the carbon dioxide and water to combine, forming carbonic acid. The acid dissociates, forming sodium bicarbonate. The sodium bicarbonate is stored in the renal tubule until needed for buffering. Under the influence of aldosterone, a natriuretic hormone, the distal convoluted tubule further adjusts the sodium levels. Aldosterone is released in response to high potassium levels, sympathetic stimulation, or angiotensin II. Aldosterone stimulates the sodium-potassium pump in the cells of the distal tubule.
which absorbs sodium in exchange for potassium. As a result, sodium is absorbed and potassium is lost to the filtrate. Natriuretic hormones cause a decrease in the sodium resorption from the distal tubules with the result of dilute urine or increased volume. Natriuretic hormone is released in response to fluid overload or hemodilution. The second is countercurrent mechanism. Sodium is also regulated in the medullary nephrons by the countercurrent mechanism in the loop of Henle. Sodium is readily absorbed in the descending loop of Henle. The ascending loop of Henle is impermeable to water, so it is trapped there. But sodium is actively transported by the chloride pump. If antidiuretic hormone, ADH, is present at the distal convoluting tubule and the collecting tubule, the permeability to water is increased, allowing it into the tissue where it is absorbed by the peritubular capillaries or re-enters the descending loop of Henle in a countercurrent manner. The result is hypertonic urine with low volume. If the ADH is not present, the tubule remains impermeable to water and the resulting urine is hypotonic and of greater volume. Potassium regulation. Potassium is another cation of great importance as it is necessary for the proper functioning of the nervous system, muscles, and cell membranes. Potassium is reabsorbed at the Bowman's capsule, proximal convoluted tubule, ascending loop of Henle. At the distal proximal tubule, fine-tuning occurs. Aldosterone activates the sodium-potassium pump, which leads to the loss of potassium. If the potassium levels are too high, sodium is retained in exchange for the potassium, which leads to a retention of water and a dilution of blood volume, which further decreases the potassium concentration. Chloride regulation. Chloride is a negatively charged ion that helps to maintain electrical neutrality with the movement of cations across the cell membrane. Chloride is primarily absorbed in the loop of Henle, where it promotes sodium movement out of the cell. Regulation of vitamin D activation. Calcium is another important cation regulated by the kidneys. Calcium is necessary for proper function of muscles, blood clotting, bone formation, contraction of cell membranes, and muscle movement. Vitamin D, which is obtained through the diet, must be activated by the kidneys to a form that will promote calcium absorption. Once absorbed, calcium is maintained within a tight range by the activity of the parathyroid hormone, PTH, and calcitonin. Calcium is filtered at the glomerulus and reabsorbed at the proximal convoluted tube and ascending loop of Henle. Fine-tuning the calcium resorption occurs in the distal convoluted tubule where the presence of PTH stimulates resorption to increase serum calcium levels when they are low. Blood pressure control. Renin-angiotensin system. This is a review of the renin-angiotensin system from the cardiovascular model. Diuretics are drugs that work on the renal system 
but as you observe, they are used extensively to treat a variety of cardiovascular diseases. This system controls the blood pressure in the kidneys. Kidneys require a constant perfusion of blood to function. The process of control is as follows. Low blood pressure or poor oxygenation of a nephron causes the release of renin from the juxtaglomerular cells. Renin is released into the bloodstream and arrives at the liver to convert the compound angiotensin to angiotensin 1. Angiotensin 1 travels to the lungs where the metabolic cells of the alveoli use angiotensin converting enzyme ACE to convert angiotensin 1 to angiotensin 2. Angiotensin 2 reacts with angiotensin 2 receptors to cause intense vasoconstriction. This restores the blood flow to the kidneys and decreases the release of renin. Angiotensin 2 then converts to angiotensin 3, which stimulates the adrenal cortex to release aldosterone. Aldosterone acts on the nephrons to cause retention of water and sodium. This increases blood volume and results in increased blood pressure. This system works constantly to maintain blood flow to the kidneys. For example, when you stand up after lying down for a period of time, there is a drop in the blood flow to the kidneys as the blood pools in the ankles due to gravity. As a result, large quantities of renin are released to maintain the blood flow to the kidneys. Drugs such as diuretics may cause a reflux response. Diuretics decrease the blood volume and pressure. As the volume decreases, the retention of fluid may result to maintain balance. This, in turn, may require a higher dose of diuretics to maintain the level needed to control hypertension. Regulation of red blood cell production. In the event of hemorrhage, shock, congestive heart failure, or hypotension, the blood flow to the nephron is decreased. The hormone erythropoietin is released from the juxtaglomerular cells. This hormone stimulates the bone marrow to increase the production of red blood cells. These blood cells bring oxygen to the kidney. Erythropoietin is the only hormone that is known to stimulate red cell production. When an individual has kidney failure, the production of erythropoietin drops and the production of red blood cells decreases and the individual becomes anemic. The urinary tract. The urinary tract is composed of ureters, urinary bladder, and the urethra. A ureter exits from each kidney which drains the filtrate from the collecting ducts. Smooth endothelial lining and circular muscular layers make up the ureters. Urine entering the ureter stimulates a peristaltic wave that pushes the urine down to the urinary bladder. The urinary bladder is a muscular pouch that stretches and holds the urine until it is excreted. Urine is usually slightly acidic, which helps to maintain the normal transport system and destroy bacteria that may enter the bladder. In females, the urethra is short and leads to an area populated by normal flora, which can lead to bladder infections or cystitis. In males, the urethra travels through the prostate gland. The control of bladder emptying and the urethral sphincter is learned. Potty journey. 
Once the control is learned, a properly functioning nervous system is necessary to maintain the control. Here's a video that reviews the anatomy and physiology of the renal system. 